Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kid Like Faith. I'm your host, Nina T, helping you to keep your faith kid-like. I'm back, and we're back, uh, me and my co-host, Miss Alicia Nichols, and we are super excited to tackle this week's movie of the Marvel Universe, and that movie is Iron Man. So, I hope you're ready, because we're ready, and let's start the show. I am your host, Nina T, and I have my lovely co-host here, Elysio. Guys, we're super excited to be able to come to you and help you to keep your faith kid-like. Uh, I'm excited because we are doing Iron Man today, and Tony Stark has some good faith gems to share with us um, through his life and his decisions, and I hope you all are ready and are blessed because we're going straight in. Now, I, for the purposes of sharing this story, I skipped over the opening scene. We all know, oh, well, first off, let me do my disclaimer. If you have not seen Iron Man, go on over there to that Disney Plus. Go on head down and scroll to the Marvel tab. You go on, go on over and get that Iron Man up and you're going to push play and you're going to watch all two hours and whatever of that movie, Okay. And then when you are done, you can come back because if you are still here, we are already assuming that you have already seen Iron Man. So we're going to talk as if you've seen it already. How about? Um, so yeah, so I, I skipped over the beginning scene because it technically shows up a little later and it's kind of like a pre, kind of like a flash forward and then we go back. So I want to start back. I want to start um, at where the actual story starts, right? 36 hours earlier. Um, and it starts at a presentation, technically. Um, and that presentation, that awards presentation or ceremony um, is for Tony Stark. They're telling all of the great things about him and his father's legacy and, you know, Stark Industries and all of that. Now, during the um, presentation, they called Tony Stark Prodigal. Um, they said the prodigal son returns to um, run his father's company at 21. And I was like, hmm, interesting that they would use prodigal to uh, describe him. You know, even though those who are, of us who are church have probably heard the story of the prodigal son, right? Um, and in that story, we know that there's a younger son and this younger son goes out from his father's house after disrespecting his dad and asking for an inheritance while he was still alive, okay? Um, he goes out and he technically 
um, goes and lives a prodigal life, but prodigal lives aren't just ones that are based on sin or doing stuff that is like, you know, you going out and being promiscuous or you're going out and, uh, you know, sleeping with anything or you're going out and uh, spending up all your money. It really was that he lived a life. The word prodigal means uh, to spend something lavishly or recklessly. So he was recklessly living his life. He was taking his father's inheritance that his father worked for and he was just spending it wherever, wherever. And it, it didn't say that all of the things he did was bad. It just said it was opposite of the life that he knew he should have been living, right? And in that context of prodigal, the first question I want to ask is, Alicia, do you believe that prodigal is a adequate characteristic or or adjective for what Tony Stark is? In the beginning, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. knowing the story of the prodigal son or, you know, the meaning behind a lesson, he, although he was like going astray and he was doing something different, at the end, he did turn it all around. Correct. Start doing things to correct way. So yeah. Right. So he came to himself, like the Bible says. Like right, he he was doing one thing. He got to his lowest point where he was in the pig pen, and I could take all day talk about the story because it's so good. Okay, like it's so it's so much stuff. You got to think about how dirty that that life was for a Jewish man. Now, okay, let me preface this. The prodigal son is not about an actual person. It's a story. It's a parable. So if you think about the context of which he was, Jesus was talking, he was talking about a Jewish son who they didn't even eat pig, okay? Let alone this son is trying to eat the things that the pigs eat, which made the pigs unclean in the first place. So he had gotten to a very, 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 very low, low point. And I think you're right. At the beginning of this story, they kind of set this awards banquet and this little presentation as a way to introduce us to Tony, but it shares kind of like the theme of what this story is about, like what it, where they're going to lead us and what we're going to see. It does technically fit his character. And the other question is, do you believe that the word prodigal fits some of our characters. It's these eyes getting big for me. That is. Um, yes. Yeah. I do. Because sometimes we do take the things that we have or the things that, not even that we have, that were given to us or that we inherited. Like we inherit these gifts because we're kingdom kids. So we, you know, we inherit these gifts and sometimes we abuse them and go to the lowest of the low. So, you know, prophecy for money, example. And it's like, if you're you're taking advantage of God's gift and grace mm-hmm. and, and you're really trying to profit off of it. Unfortunately, you're wasting God's influence by trying to uh, solidify something for yourself. Okay, so, um, yeah, so we see all of this is happening right and they are going to present an award to tony for his innovative mind his creativity and for being this icon right of 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 technology um but the problem is is that it's not only to my in in my perspective 
it's not just his fault that he's prodigal. There are some other things that kind of like set things up for Tony to behave the way he behaves. And that's my point number two. Um, my, my point number two is that Tony Stark not only has Obadiah, who can, you know, step in for him and um, step in and, and do a, um, a, a, receive the award from him while he's yeah. just literally just playing uh, at the casino, okay? He ain't leaving. He's out there shooting dice. I mean, don't about the fact that these people have literally spent their little hard-earned coins, okay, to to get him an award. They don't, he don't care, okay. So the fact that he doesn't care about showing up means somebody has to step in and receive the award, which is Obadiah. Obadiah also uh, steps in and runs the company for him, um, so like goes to the meetings that he doesn't want to show up at, or you know what I mean, is like the the talking to the board for him. So um, he also has uh, Rhodes, who is his really close friend. Um, mm -hmm. But Rhodes kind of like sets things up where he's upset with his behavior. Like I thought if I, they told me if I gave you the award, then you would show up, but it's unbelievable. Like he's, he's very like very much disappointed in the fact that Tony didn't show up, but he doesn't really do anything to push him to change either. And we've got Pepper Potts, who is his assistant, right hand, whatever you want to call her. And she kind of sets things up for him to treat the women and, and to literally whatever he needs, she comes in to help him with his personal life. Like he even, she even said um, one, in one line in the movie where she said, I don't think you'll be able to tie your shoes without me. Like legit, like you won't even last a week. Um, and it's, it's, this is my question. Is, are these people, these people that I just named, are they assistants? in Tony Stark's life or are they enablers? They assist him mm -hmm. in handicapping him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they do. They really do. They assist him in handicapping him. Like, like you went, went, going back to what you said about Pepper, Pepper was like, you don't even know your social. Like, what's your social? Like, sir, that man did not know his social. How you only know one number? How? How, sir? Mm -mm. That's ridiculous. No. No, they definitely enable and add on to him and his behavior. Like, right. yeah. and so like some. So here's a word to of of caution to some of us who have people that we know that they could be doing better. We know that they could be um, showing up, and um, and we or we see them wasting their life. We have to be the ones that not allow them to be prodigal. My question was always. Um, in the story of the prodigal son, it's in a set of three stories. So we got the first story where the, the sheep gets lost and the shepherd goes and finds it. We got the next story after that, the, the coin is lost and the woman sweeps the house to find it. But the one story in that set of three that doesn't have somebody to find the lost thing is the prodigal son. So the prodigal son goes out and he has to find his way back, but there is not a person that decides to go and get him. To me, it was the job of the older brother to go and get his younger brother, to go and find him. But unfortunately, he was caught up in his own mess, okay, child? He didn't have yeah. the father. 
I said he definitely wasn't worried about that little brother. He wasn't worried. He was more upset and, and trying to gain the favor and stay at the house so that he could be loved by daddy. He wasn't really concerned about the fact that his brother was lost, right? Um, but but to the community, my question or my my charge is that we not let people just go out and waste their lives. You know what I mean? Now, granted, we can't change anybody. We can't force anybody to live a life that, you know, honors God. We can't, we can't do any of that. We can't make people, listen, it would be so much easier, okay? Uh, the problem is, though, that life will be full of manipulation and that would be the end. It would be constantly one person manipulating another. Um, yeah, but we are, we, if we call ourselves friends, right? And if we call ourselves um, in someone's community, we have to be the one to challenge them. It is my ability or my my charge and responsibility to be iron that sharpens the iron. It is not my responsibility to be the hands-off older brother that says, go on out there and get lost if you want. That's, that's, that's not that's not fair. I don't want to enable anybody to be prodigal by not caring enough to love them and say, hey, 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 before you <laughs> before you go on out there and do that, don't. It's a good idea if you don't. <laughs> Y'all, it's not what she was saying. Now she was talking about my face. Y'all should just see how she set up here to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not not necessarily just his fault that he was wasting his life it was that everybody had set up their lives to help him and enable him to waste his such a brilliant mind going to so much waste all right let's hit this this third point um tony has a life-altering moment when he is attacked with weapons that he created uh, he would have been fine if he had rolled with Rhodes. <laughs> See what I did there? Anyway, if he had rolled with Rhodes, but he needed to be interrupted by a trial and tribulation. Okay, so I put this point because uh, let's jump to what we see first. We see uh, first him in a convoy with some soldiers and everybody's like really intimidated by him and um, he starts to like loosen everybody up, make some jokes, you know, get everybody you know, to laugh a little bit. He um, takes a picture and as they're about to take a picture or trying to take a picture, he's talking about his reckless lifestyle, right? And they take the picture or they're trying to snap the picture and they are hit. And not only are they hit with like missiles, but they're hit with like shots of, like it's like people are getting hit left and right. And it's like, he's stuck in this car cause like this was not, I was just supposed to be going from where I was going to, you know, where I'm, where I'm supposed to be picked up or to my flight or whatever. Um, but unfortunately, what we see now, you know, being on the other end of that presentation, after they get off the plane and he debuts this um, Jericho missile, what he finds is that Rhodes suggests to him, you know, hey, you, you're in the wrong car. You you supposed to be riding with me, the one you know. And he says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, this is the fun mobile. You can't you can't come in this one. You can't you can't ride in this this." And little did he know that riding in the car that he was riding with and not riding with his community, he was susceptible to more danger. You because because Rose didn't get kidnapped, okay? Or get blown up, okay? It it was his car that was targeted and his car that was hit. 
Um, so, um, I, I think sometimes we want our lives, right, to be, a, I'll, I'll say, especially Christians, we assume that walking with God means walking without any hits, right? Mm-hmm. But what we find out is that Tony is not being hit from somebody else's weapons. He's being hit with something he did. <laughs> this was something he invested in. And we know he did it because it's got his name on it. He's got his company's name on it. It's like, oh, yes, this, is, this, this works. But it, it, it's not doing what you think it's going to do, right? So while you're making weapons and even defending your position in making weapons, you don't anticipate that the weapons that you make are going to be perverted or find themselves in the hands of terrorists, right? But he needed this hit because he had been wasting his life and defending his choices that he needed something to kind of snap him out of it, right? Pick him on up. Yeah, yeah. That hit was very intentional, right? As we will talk about a little bit later, um, that hit was very, very, very much planned. Um, but <laughs> it was it was also a very necessary interruption in the pattern of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And so I want us to, um, just for a moment, Alicia, I want you to talk about the importance of interruptions. Yeah. Those detours. Yeah, yeah. Those detours. Um, they're honestly important for when you're growing because it helps you like be stretched and not stretched to a point where you're breaking or like, you know, like, I feel like I'm just overwhelmed. No, you're being stretched to see that it's more within you. So there's like an unlocking that takes place when those detours happen because now you had you once had this plan but now you have to go a whole different way and this plan is going to require a few more steps how bad do you really want it how bad do you really want to get to your destination how bad do you want to get to your next level like you have to want it and nobody can want it more than you so you're going to go through that process and you're going to grow some thicker skin when going through it absolutely absolutely and then some of the detours happen not because they're god ordained but they're because they're our our consequences they are the damage that happens based on our decisions and so because we decided to go or do something the the consequences or the result of that is that we get a hit from what we weren't expecting right um for instance um the uh, I said this, I was talking to somebody about uh, Manoa's wife, who was Samson's mother. Um, Samson's mother got a angel of the Lord to come and tell her that she would be pregnant with Samson. And he told her to, to um, align herself with the rules. Right? Come come into agreement with these rules because he's going to be a Nazarite from birth. Right? So she follows the rules. And that's a good thing that she follows the rules. Yeah. But the the good consequence, right, looks like a bad consequence when her son is grown and is finding himself in the bed of Delilah. It looks like it's a hit that she never saw coming. So sometimes the hits come whether we make good decisions or bad decisions, right? (laughs) 
the, yep. just happen and they just happen and we have to be okay with whatever hits um happen because those hits aren't designed to kill us absolutely thank you lord jesus the, the hits are not designed to kill us but they are to interrupt and and really refocus us because we find out uh that there was not only something that needed to happen in Tony's life, but there was something that had to happen in his heart. Um, which leads me to our next point. Tony got a, a new guard for his heart, right? Because when he was hit, we see him laying down. In the first scene, we see him laying down. There's blood coming from inside of his shirt, um, which came through his vest. So it was kind of like a whole entire thing, right? Where his heart... Um, was technically hit and the metal with the scrap that would have hit his heart um, was carved out by a doctor or you know a man that is technically trapped like him um <laughs> and he sets it up to where this magnet is holding all of the other scraps that would have hit his heart and really annihilated them so the guard for his heart helped the things that would if there was no guard it would have taken him out right so yep. the guard was placed there in order to hold not only his heart in its position but to keep the metal in in another position away from his heart to protect his heart um and i i, I was thinking about the scripture that says uh guard that tells us to guard our hearts um for out of it flows the issue of life because there is there is literally, when our hearts stop, everything stops. That's just natural fact. When your heart stops, you are done living. That is the end. Ta -da. Or, uh, you know, when it stops completely. You know, we have heart attacks and we brought back and all of those things. But when your heart literally is no longer able to be revived, mm -hmm. that's the end of this version of life. Then you start the next stage, which is the eternal one. Then you start your next, your next section. But in order to not fast forward yourself, okay, <laughs> in order to not fast forward yourself on over to that other part before it's time, we need to guard our hearts, literally, guard and set a guard. It's literally like not only be a watcher watching over your heart, but set things as boundaries like we were talking about last week to protect your heart yeah do you have any um boundaries that you set up to protect your heart <laughs> um so boundaries i probably put no not probably i put it in place um well boundaries with letting people allowing people to tell me like a false narrative or give me like a false story basically mm -hmm. and get my hopes all up and then they just drop me um, so I really just stopped allowing people to have certain levels of access, yeah. um, access to information that may lead to things that have something to do with power over poverty, it may have to do with mentee to mentor, it may have something to do with just my life, period, transition, anything. I stopped allowing people to have access to it because it caused a lot of damage. And then when I say it caused a lot of damage, then when the good people come around, you have all these walls up and it's like... It don't matter if it's a spouse, a significant other, a best friend. They have to go through all this unnecessary work just to show you that, hey, 
I'm not coming here to hurt you or I'm not coming here to let you down, but I'm actually coming to go through this process with you. Or I just wanted to be a part to help you carry the load and you allow people just to come in, just toil with your little heart. Mm-mm. You were talking about walls. I'm glad you brought that up because unfortunately there are a lot of us that not only have a guard on our heart, but we done put up four walls, an electrified fence, rabbit pit with bulls, a lock. With, with with five locks and rabbit pit bulls on the outside. And it's like Big Baby from Toy Story uh, 3 is walking around, making sure that if anybody tries to come to the perimeter, he can just lift them up and take them out and put them in the trash. Like, <laughs> like legit, too much guard. Overly guarded. Overly guarded. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why I said to guard your heart, but it tells you to do it. And the reason why you're doing it, right? So that you don't overstaff <laughs> and overguard your heart, but that you will watch over it, that you won't be reckless and be loose with your heart as well. Um, yeah. Um, so when he is captured and after the guard is put on his heart, he finally he wakes up, he's technically charging. That's neither here nor there. Because he up <laughs> to that battery. battery. <laughs> to a car battery at that. Battery. That took me out. I'm, I can't tell any stories there. That took me out. That man woke up. No, that didn't take me out. The little oxygen thing took me. I'm like, why is it so long? I had oxygen before. It wasn't that long. It's like, what? what's this whole set of underground that y'all want to do surgeries and such? What's even this? Like, sanitary. But it's interesting that they preserved him in order to get the genius out of him. They could have let that man die, but they knew he was worth more alive, creating um, the missile for them. So that's my next point. Stark is told that he is, uh, he must create the missile for um, the terrorist group. And terrorist group... Um, Ten rings. They think they're, they, they're doing a lot of things, okay? It's just a lot going on. Um, and he decides, right? They decide to build a defense suit um, to get him out of there, to really plan a, an escape versus doing what they require. Even though that may have cost him his life, right? It almost cost the doctor his life too, okay? Dr. Hinkson. Yeah, like he was on, <laughs> he was almost gone before his time. Okay, because that was they put that little thing to his face and said, "Uh oh, they about to burn him alive, Jesus." <laughs> they about to, they about to mess him up for life. Okay, and then, but they decided to, they decided to, um, they decided to um, rebel technically and create something different. Um, because one, I feel like at that moment, Tony was starting to see why it was a problem for him to create what he had created, right? And because of that hit, it was like, I, I no longer have the desire to create in this way, right? And that was the beginning of him forging a new path. Now, because I got Alicia on here, I'm excited to talk about this little section right here. <laughs> because Alicia 
is not only forging a path in business, but mentoring others and taking them down the road with her. She's teaching people not only to uh, do the steps she's done, right? To solidify herself in business, but she's she's literally like, okay, here, walk with me on the journey so that you can find a way out too, so you can find a way um, to forge a path for your business as well. So um, I want to talk for just a moment about the pressure of forging a new path, of forging something um, and doing something different. Because do you have anybody in your family that was like the blueprint for you? Um, no, I'm out here being a pioneer. <laughs> first, the first to do it is always a stressful position to be in. So my mother was into uh, youth ministry, so she did a lot of creative things, right? Um, but in this realm, it's a little different. My father was, you know, played and, and sang a little bit and could write songs. But this line is a combination of both of their creative geniuses. So I have to technically figure out what this looks like by myself. And I want you to talk about what that pressure feels like. First, let me say this. When you said my first one, the first one to do it with integrity and righteously, I'm going to say absolutely yes. Um, I I definitely am. Everybody, and let me not say everyone, specific individuals, they didn't do it that way. Um, Some have tried and it has failed. But the pressure of doing it, absolutely. I I feel like the days that I don't feel the pressure, I'll be like, I ain't doing something right. Something ain't right. I'll be looking around like, Jesus? Hey, you there? Right. Making sure, cause making sure I'm going. And then he has to remind me, like, no, you are right. Like, just let me work this part. You did your part. Now let me work that part. But I definitely feel the pressure. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm sure it's what Eve felt in the moment that the snake suggested another option, cause now she's got choices, yep. right? Yeah. And she's the only woman. There is no other woman. There has has been no other people called man other than her and her husband and so what they do with that next step it's a it's a lot to deal with like it, it was it was like, okay well he told me it's gonna be all right and she had no idea that one decision sets the trajectory for the line after you <laughs> i was just i that was literally like a conversation two days earlier that there's no way that I'm going to allow my children to have to deal with this burden. I'm going to get it done now. We're not going to keep going on like those who came before me. They didn't do it. I remember doing an activation at an event that we went out to Neology again. Mm -hmm. Entered into the courtrooms of heaven and they're like, you know, where did you you know in your family who dropped the ball? Like not who dropped it, but basically where was it dropped? And everybody, I came out the spirit. Everybody came out the spirit. They crying and sniffling. And I'm mad. Yeah. I'm upset because I'm like, some of y'all ain't helped Barry, but some of y'all still alive and y'all ain't do y'all part. Wow. So I got to carry it now. And I'm like, now come on, God. And I'm sitting there like this, like, into the church, like, God, you got to, no. I got Latonya over here, like, <laughs> And just everybody just in awe. I'm mad. Right. I'm, I'm mad because 
all you had to do was do your part and we wouldn't have to be doing this i wouldn't have to be doing this but i literally literally just had this conversation with rush the other day um and i said i know what i contend with because it's been illuminated what the creative genius on both sides has been illuminated but the struggles have also been illuminated as well so i know why i contend with uh self-doubt and and low self-esteem because the one line suffers with that and i know why i suffer with uh lack of motivation and 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 second guessing the the potency or even struggling to complete certain things right um because it's on the other side so i'm contending with those things and i was frustrated because i was like i got to contend with these things and it's heavy contending with their stuff and she said something so so kind of like it was kind of like the moment that was like duh it was the it was the the came to yourself moment for me anyway uh, and this is just yesterday it's cr- uh, crazy so she said it's good to acknowledge that what they dealt with and what you contend with but their issues are not yours she said because you have the charge to do greater works and I was like oh snap wait a minute pause I said so me completing the book was a hit and it was a pattern of deliverance from both patterns because I had to be confident that I could uh that somebody that I could write right I had to be confident that I was a good enough writer to complete a book right and I had to actually do it so I didn't have to have the faith up here but I had the faith in my hands okay to and and to type it out and to talk it out so i was like oh snap so you mean to tell me this is what this is what deliverance is it's actually just letting god show you the root to contend with those things and then completing and repeating the same pattern to completely obey over and over again until the new pattern that's set is what my children and what Jags and my nephew will pick up because they see something different than what mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. They're handed something different. Their their path and their their roadmap is a little different because the journey has been forged by me, by my sister, by my by our uh, generation. You know what I mean? Because we can't do anything with what they contended with, other than find the deliverance, find the path of deliverance find that solution yeah we are we are called to be the answers and we don't have to uh get stuck in the pressure but we got to remind ourselves of the purpose if we can remind ourselves to the of the purpose we can fight through the pressure and also too also uh, to add on to what rush said we call it rush y'all yeah. i remember rush um breaking down that whole generational curse thing like who told you you have to be the curse breaker? And like, I run with that too. I got to give it to her. Like, I don't have to come into agreement with the accuser. Okay. That's sure. Right. That's right. Sure. I'm going to carry the burden, but I don't do that with you. You did that by yourself. Right. By your, your loneliness. You did that. I get this word. I got this. <laughs> I get this. I got to do that by yourself. I got to, I got to forge a new path. But but what you did is what you did, amen. And and if they and if they still alive, they have time. 
that's my my statement grace is that i keep saying lord i don't know if you are if they are going to do something like there are certain people that i, I can see even in my mind on both sides of my family and i'm like mm. are they gonna ever do this this and this and whether they do or not the fact that they are alive means that there is still the possibility there's still the hope and i can pray into father lead them into your way and and your path for them so that they will find whatever you planned and whatever you intended for them to find this this other stuff we just gonna we just gonna work the plan you give us period we just we can't do nothing about the past but what we can do is secure the purpose work this work to secure this future okay all right hallelujah but it's yeah it's sometimes forging a new path it looks like rebellion because <laughs> for him it looked like rebellion it looked like they literally were pretending they were working on one thing and working on something completely different in order to create a suit right um the one thing i wish they had done is taking the suit with them i don't even <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that part. Next thing, <laughs> next please. Because it was still sitting on top of the sand. It wasn't like it was submerged in the water or it, became icy or something. It was it the was, same. It was right out there for anybody to find. Um, and, it, and just like the weapons were in the wrong hands, when you leave valuable technology um, in the wrong hands, yeah, mm-hmm. you get something that we can talk about later. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, um, that whole scene, that whole moment, that time away, even creating that new path of technology or what to do with his genius um, to invent um, caused him to not only make the defense suit again, but to change the purpose of the company. Now, he goes to, after he comes back, he does a press conference because um, he asked yeah. He asked for that burger in that press conference, okay? All right. He comes, shows up to that press conference. And first off, he's telling people to stand, uh, to sit down on the floor, which is hilarious. And that is hilarious because he got grown people crisscross applesauce. Applesauce? <laughs> I thought I was Okay. Like, they are first graders. And it's hilarious, okay? Raising their hands. Raising their hands, okay, like we in kindergarten. That's <laughs> looking crazy. Okay, so he has a, but he makes an announcement where he talks about, um, first off, wondering what his father was thinking before he passed, right? Um, mm-hmm. Why he got into creating what he created. Um, and he decided to change his legacy, right? Because he didn't want his legacy to be um that he was creating stuff with the the mindset that he was going to defend America but those things he was creating were actually um causing more harm so he decided to shut down the weapons division of Stark Industries and immediately Obadiah jumps up and is like ho 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 okay well we just glad Tony back hallelujah uh, like- <laughs> hallelujah Hallelujah. We just got right. The point is, he's back, right? And then he gets upset and he's telling him, like, you know, 
you you can't say certain things because now I got to deal with the the board. I got to deal with with the people, and really, we know his intentions were all good. Um, <laughs> and so, my question here was, wow, there were so many people that were upset with this decision, and it wasn't just Obadiah because we know he had bad intentions, but Rose wasn't happy either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Rose was like, "What you're doing is not helping my military um, command, right? It's not. It's not serving me." Mm-hmm. So I was, I was thinking, I was like, "Is it that you were supposed to stay reckless and stay on the outside and not feel?" what you're feeling now so that you would change these things. Because if you change these things, I no longer profit from these things that were already That's done. exactly what it is, okay? <laughs> I can't hold it anymore. That's exactly what it is. And it made me think about how people, I had to come out of agreement with this like a year and a half ago, calling myself like a pit bull. Oh, she's a pit bull with a skirt. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm not a pit bull in a skirt. I just like to stand up for those who I felt like didn't have a voice. But when you redirect that energy back to them and not necessarily calling them and checking them and all that, no, it's calling back correction in what they're doing, they don't like it. And that's exactly what I felt like when Tony got up there in that press conference and said that it was exactly what you said. They're no longer benefiting from it. It goes against what they want or need. Right, right. It's like, that. like... You're, you're asking me to continue to hurt my people, right? I'm, I, I was doing something thinking I was helping them, but when I find out what I'm doing is hurting them, you want me to continue to hurt them as long as it lines your pockets, as mm-hmm. long as it helps you, uh, help you in the war, right? Or it leaves you comfortable in the war. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you're not the only customer here. And I've got to be very careful about what I put into the earth because I'm not just doing this for the audience, I think. I've got to be very uh, cautious because what I release into the earth has to be um, something that will not only benefit the audience I know I'm called to, but it won't uh, be able to be a weapon against them. It will be something that will be able to be used to uh, build them up and to grow them and to help them. Kind of like what Tony did. Tony was like, okay, instead of making something that's going to be uh, a hurt to them, I'm going to improve this suit because if I improve this suit, I can become healthy. And at that point, we're going to take a break and we'll be back after these commercial moments. Hello everybody, it's your girl Nina T and I'm here with a pause for a cause. Are you a business owner who is looking to expand your business or, or maybe you are a new owner, a new entrepreneur, and you just want to make sure you're doing everything that you can to make your business the best that it can be. Well, I've got news for you. Power Over Poverty is hosting their Mentee to Mentor program, and it's just for you. 
This program is six weeks of jam-packed information where you can learn how to structure your business while accessing business funding, learning tips and tricks from all of the experts. Now, registration is already open, so go over to www.poweroverpoverty.net and make sure you sign up. Uh, Make sure you get all that you need to get so that we can do business the kingdom way. And we are back. All right. Uh, Let's go to the next point. We're on point number seven, actually. We're moving really swiftly through here. Um, uh, Is there any other points you want to bring out before I go to seven, Alicia? I actually want to go back a little bit, back to what um, Dr. Yixing was saying. Okay. He was like, don't waste your life as he was dying. I felt Mm -hmm. like that was something that a lot of people would feel like, not even if you're dying, naturally but like don't allow what's within you or those things that you have a passion and drive for to just die because you don't have the people or the funds and things like that right now because if I'm just speaking for me personally if I had to um had to let power over property die yeah it wouldn't have shifted the trajectory of anything because I didn't have the funds starting off and I actually got the name while working a nine to five in the store by myself Listen, <laughs> for real. like he's giving you like that second win. Yeah, second yeah. win. Yeah, and that's interesting that you brought up that part because when I think of the doctor, I think of him telling him this was always the plan, and it was because Tony, like you said, Tony thought like, no, we're getting out of here. He was like, mm-hmm, I was supposed to bring you to this part. And it was always in the cards that I was going to die. It just, it just, you thought I was coming out with you, but this is my, whoo, I'm sorry. This is my coming out. Evans, Tony Evans' wife, when she passed, her son, Jonathan, their son, Jonathan, um, was speaking. Well, all the children had something to say, right? At the funeral. And he said he was upset because of the impact of his father and his family and his mother's impact on people. So he just, people praying all around the world and he just knew God was going to heal and deliver and God does not, right? God does not change the the story. And to have to hear his mother say, um, that's the song I'm walking into heaven on was kind of like, upset it you know what I mean it's like Lord you could have healed her that would have been a testimony to your healing power and he was like either I'm going to heal her or I'm going to heal her either way she's healed it's just not in the way that you expected it's just this was his coming out it was just we thought he was coming out with Tony we thought he had the you know little machine gun and he was going to blow them away and he was going to make it on out the door but he didn't he didn't make her he, didn't he was going to be with his family. Okay. He said that, and that was, that's good. Because he did say that, like, I'm I'm at peace with knowing I'm going to be with my family. I'm going he out. Period. Mm-hmm. You're going to your family and I'm going to mine. Period. I'm going, we're, so we're both coming out. It's just two ways we got out in two directions. We got out in two directions. So I hope that kind of, like, helps people to be a little... Um, okay with um, 
transitions and certain things. Definitely. So Pony starts to improve his suit, uh, the Iron Man suit. And first off, it had no color first. It was just like metal, right? He, it, he got it to look a little slimmer than it would, did the first time, right? So, but the, the pain and the in developing this suit was absolutely crazy. It's hilarious on our end, but it was crazy for his, right? Um, because when he had them staplers in that suit, and he said, put the power on 10%, and he hit that wall, baby, I laughed for a good minute, okay? But it just shows how sometimes when you're forging a new path, you hit some kinds of bumps, right? Just in the training and testing things out, just improving the technology, um, you find yourself dealing with some kind of pain, right? Um, it's a good pain because you're, it's not, again, it's not going to kill you, but it, it's, it's the, it's the pain of the progress, right? Of building something new, of creating something new. And, um, so like he didn't know what 10% of power felt like until he hit that wall. Okay. So <laughs> until he bounced off that wall, he didn't know what 10% felt like. So he knew the next time, let me start with 1%. Let me not play with you. I'm not playing with these stabilizers. Let me start with one so I can mm -hmm. gain control over one. And mm -hmm. then once I've gained control, I can increase the number. But I've got, but in the trials and in the, the training and in the developing, he had to endure the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about the pain of your progress and it doesn't have to be you specifically it can be like what you've noticed on the journey of building uh <laughs> y'all feel like this is deliverance <laughs> i feel like this has been deliverance with kid like faith and i don't know why i signed up for y'all i've been walked through deliverance <laughs> let's go back down memory lane why don't we alicia we can't we <laughs> We can't free, listen, most of the time, we talk about our journeys and I'm transparent with my journey because not only is it reminding me of God's goodness, but like you said, it does, it does lead me through, right? Mm -hmm. But it also, again, helps me to grab the keys. Um, somebody that I, I once knew said this statement. He said, don't you dare go through hell and not grab the keys. And I was like, ooh, snap. Say it again. What you had said? Say it one more time. He said, yeah, we go through hell. We walk through places of hell so that we can grab the keys in order to unlock people on the way out. He's like, so our, our journey through, our reminding ourselves of our journey and even sharing our journey helps to shed light, okay? That word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So when we not only speak his word in the written firm form, but when we become his word, right? And yeah. we speak those things. <laughs> so, so the parts of your testimony that you share and the insight from them is a part of his word. Look at that. It's a part of his word. It's a part of his word that brings illumination to somebody else's path. So yeah, if you go down memory lane with me. <laughs> you said the building phase? Yeah. Yeah. 
the the developing. The developing. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you no no stories. I don't know if we can say lie, but I said it already. <laughs> but that developing stage, I was coming in like a bull in a china shop. I was ready, gun ho. Let's do this. Woo. What was you coming through like, girl? A bull in a china shop. I was coming through like I'm coming for everything. Possess the land. Like let's do this. No slow down it was like uh, i was like what is this build curriculum lord what i can i can do this i said uh-uh i can't do this what i can do is give them the topics that i need this curriculum to be based on i'm gonna have to reach out to somebody and then because like, i want to mentee some go well, mentor somebody i'm mentor now you said teach financial literacy I could build this curriculum and give it to the people and then they just go ahead and they do what they want to do with it. No. No. He said, how's it going to get out there? So now you want me to be a content developer. You want me to be the social media manager. You want me to be HR. You want me to package and ship. I became a web designer. I don't work 9 to 5. I work 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. Like, let me tell someone stories. I go to sleep, y'all, but... <laughs> That building phase, I, it was just, it was, it was like Tony Stark for sure. Like, let's, let's go back to step one. Yeah. And then just writing it out how he showed you. And then we'll go back, even if it's unfinished, based off of how you wrote it out, Elise, it's okay, go back. I've learned that, and I still have to remind myself of that. Today, I had to remind myself that while I was backing up, literally backing up, reversing out, going to the gym, like, and I have to give it back to God. Like, God, I'm going to take day by day. I'm not going to worry about what tomorrow holds because tomorrow holds its own troubles. And that's what your word says. And I'm going to believe that. So I'm going to do what I need to do today. And I'm going to be motivated today. And then tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll wake up, wake up charged, ready to take everything. But today I'm going to worry about just today. I've learned that during that development phase. That is such an accurate. Man, what? That, that was the word, okay? Like... This is why he said, in this way you pray, and then included a line that says, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. So I'm not being greedy, grabbing as much as I can grab with no use for it, wasting it, but I can grab what's necessary for today, steward that well, so that tomorrow, I can come back and get a, the feel for the next day, right? And I don't have to concern myself. Um, that one of my favorite um, scriptures. I love um, when Jesus was talking in Matthew six, and he's telling the people like, "Don't worry about what you're gonna eat or drink, and and what you're gonna wear. That's that's stuff that the secular peoples, okay, the people that don't know God, they worry about that." The, the unbeliever worries about that. Why should you, who has me as a father, have to worry about those needs of yours, right? Why would you have to worry about those things? Your heavenly father already knows you have need of those things. And so, like you said, um, it's just trusting God with each moment, each step of this journey, each each step of the building. It's counting up the cost <laughs> and saying, okay. All right, we got this. Is what it's going to take to do that, and not overspending or underspending. It will absolutely if I can help. How we look? But yeah, so he, you go through pain, you go through progress, um, 
and and literally eventually if you keep going through the process you get to the end which is the purpose right you find the new that pain not always bad pain it's not always bad pain because he was enjoying flying okay he loved flying even though he got up and tried to see as high as he he could go and that thing froze up and Jarvis telling him we're at 7%. Leave it on the screen. Keep going. Don't be doing Jarvis like that. I mean, tell him, talk to him like that. And that's thing you know, everything shut down and he's sitting there like falling in midair, like talking himself back on. How's that, Tony? You got to chill, man. You can't, you can't on the first day break the record. Come on now, sir. You can't break the records. You got to, you got to calm down. And unfortunately, ambition tends to be some of a, a lot or a lot of um, our pitfalls because we're so ambitious that we take on too much and end up completing not any of it at all. Or burning ourselves out too early on. Period. So I laughed really hard when you said a, a bull in a china shop only because um, I'm a tourist and so I could literally see a bull in the china shop and it, it blessed me so bad like what that looked like a bucking through each aisle knocking all the oh it was it was comedy in my eyes but honestly how many of us have walked into new seasons of of forging new paths with so much energy and so much um enthusiasm that we are mindful of our strength and what and and the things that around us that we were building that they were fragile at that point <laughs> that we were consulting with God. Yeah. We're yeah. consulting with God. Like, all right, I did this part. Now what's next? It's like, oh, I did it. Let's go. Pew. Right. And he was like, but wait, I wanted to edit this part. You didn't even let me edit. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like, I'll be right here when you decide to come on back. Come on back around here, please. And we can until point number one. We still at number one. Mm-hmm. I was laughing the other day. <laughs> Kevin Hart had to skip where they were robbing the bank. And he says, he says, y'all can't be on page two. We're on page one. You got to come back, flip the page over, get back to page one, because we're not on page two. We're on page one. I was like, what? Because they be reading ahead, and there would have been time to go ahead and try to execute that plan we all called. What? Why are you over there? Get back over here on this page one. We still in the beginning. In a dubbing game, we are still here. Okay, um, we get the suit up and running, right? Yeah, and Tony mm-hmm. is made aware while he is customizing the suit, um, trying to add color to it. He's made aware that there's a ball being thrown that he doesn't know about, nor was he invited to. But his name is on it, right? His company's name is on it. So he crashes the party. And um, not only did he get to dance with Pepper and they had a little romantic moment, but after that, the reporter that he slept with in the beginning, Miss um, Brown, Ms. Brown, right, uh, comes to him and tells him that even though he made an announcement that they were no longer having weapons, um, this new weapon was shipped out yesterday to a terrorist country, right? And yep. he's upset because he's like, what in the world? Like that, what? So now he gotta go find, right. Now he gotta go find Obadiah 
and he find Obadiah and tell him like, hey, I said we weren't doing this. Why are you stepping over the line? Like, and he finds out that Obadiah technically was the enemy, right? Had been working against him. Um, but he decides to do something about it versus just going back to his life and ignoring that he had an enemy in the camp. So he decides to go over and use his suit to help, right? To be the hero that he could be, right? He puts on the suit and he goes over to that country where they shot the missiles and mm-hmm. he goes off. I mean, he goes off shooting up people, uh, took the one man that was running the whole show or that we saw that was running a part of the show and pulled him out and threw them out was like here's your guy do what you want with him and like took off you know the 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 dopest part about this scene is when the guys are holding the women hostage and the suit is able to detect where each enemy is and then shoots all of them at one time i was like you was wasting, you was wasting your life, and this was what you were able to create. Instead of having to destroy whole towns and cities and countries, you could hit one specific area. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so, while he was a hero to some people, he's a threat to other people. He's yep. a threat to Obadiah. Because he doesn't want things to change. He, he told him, like, I'm the one that voted against you. Like, I don't want you to be able to change what profits us, what has put money in this company's pocket. Like, I have more investors in those other countries than I do in America. So I'm making more money selling our weapons to our enemies. He was making double. He had his hands like three, four times in the cookie jar because he was getting it on this side and that side. Yeah, he was he was reckless. And he wasn't thinking about anything but the money. Mm-hmm. About the profit, about what it it did to build him up, right? And to build up his his company, right? Or in his mind, himself. And so when when someone is threatened. They find alliances with the enemies, mm-hmm. and then all the enemies come together with a plan. Well, they found. Remember, we talked about them finding the suit in the sand. Yep. And they start creating a replica suit mm-hmm. from the model, <laughs> and um, the same suit that inspired some was a model, right, for another. But those people that found Tony as a threat had to create the same technology in order to fight against him to secure their place. Did they create it or did they steal it? They steal it. You right. Say it again. Because the the, the engineer was like, I'm not Tony Stark. He was like, yeah. well, I'm sorry. I'm not, I mean, he said it. He said, now hold on. I'm from a foot down. I'm not Tony. I can't do it. So, yeah. Didn't I bless you real bad? Because he said Tony Stark was able to do this in the desert with no resources. In the cave. So? <laughs> I'm not Tony Stark, sir. But that shows us that while you may be imitated, it can yeah. never fully be duplicated. Really? Yeah. 
It, yeah. you, you can't. You can forge a path and people may want to do the same and, and uh, mm-hmm. follow you in your footsteps and take your genius, but they can't do it like you. Mm-mm. And that don't mean that they're against you. That does not good. mean that they're against you. That's good. They understand that that is the lane in which you occupy with dominion and authority, and they are okay with it. And they have this lane that they occupy. That mm. is it, and that's all. Everybody, those who are listening, if we keep this in there, everybody is not in competition with you. They're not. They're not. Just because they're doing the same thing does not mean that they're in competition with you. Preach, Alicia. <laughs> but it's true that was a very strong word and it was, it's true that you, you can have somebody in the same lane as you but not everybody is coming against you mm-hmm. not everybody is there are some unfortunately because Obadiah will but <laughs> there are some that recognize the difference and they're okay. Like the like the tech we were talking about. That was like, I don't have to be Tony Stark because I'm not him and I'm not trying to figure out how to be him. That's a you problem. If you want to find Tony Stark and you want to be Tony Stark, you better go get him because I'm not him. And he has to go get him. Period. He had to go get, literally, steal that which was in him, right? The... the Just go ahead. Just go ahead. I knew I should have signed the mechanics that that was created in him, the heart, the guard that he placed, the peace that he created to guard himself. They took, he took it and stole it and still didn't know how to operate it right. Still. He still, he still couldn't operate it right. Built the suit and the suit was bigger. Cause, cause the the one that um, <laughs> the one that Obadiah and the other terrorist men made, it was the big one. It was the one that wasn't slimmed down. But there was one thing that um, Jarvis said when um, Tony was flying in the Iron Man suit. I don't know if you remember. He said that. He, asked him how long mm-hmm. he said that suit was never meant to fly. It wasn't made for flight. And I was like, ooh, wait, hold up, pause, stop the movie, stop the presses, please. Because what they cannot steal is the intel of what it was created to do. They can only steal the genius, right, or the functionality of it but they don't know what it was designed or not designed to do. Mm-hmm. Why he could he could manipulate himself because <laughs> he didn't know that when it got to a certain place, the coolant or the the freezing would mm-hmm. shut the whole suit down because he had not been tested and tried, and he had not gone through the process. He had just taken the plan, mm-hmm. and that's a word of encouragement to those who are um, trying to, this this can fit actually two types of people. Those who are trying to forge a new path and you feel like you have to steal someone else's or you feel like that other people's, the way that other people did it is the golden rule or the standard or the way you have to do it. 
it's possible that you can steal their plan and still not have all the intel because it wasn't designed for you to know how it functioned. It was so that you could see what they did, be inspired, and then, Father, what do I do with what you're asking me to build, right? Yeah. But I also have to not be threatened by the fact that there is something else out there and I have to be willing to stay in my lane. What would have happened if Obadiah would have gotten with the change and just ran the company and the logistics part and let Tony develop? And if he had ran it with integrity, shut down the weapons part, right? And let all of that stuff that would have been um, used uh, to create weapons, let it all go into Intel in duplicating this design in a healthy and integral way so that we can, like they were trying to do with Captain America, create soldiers, right? Yeah. What if he had um, not tried to steal it, but he could have left it to the one who created it because he had uh, the code for its genius? What if he had been integral in his life? But that's what happened when you're greedy and corrupt because remember when they walked in and he he wanted to see his chest, he was like, this is the energy right here. He gave him the answer, the ark. Yeah. And yeah. we go back to the Bible with the ark. Ooh. It for safety Ooh. and to help bring people out. Yeah. So if he had a ran just the logistics part of it and allowed Tony to do that, he would have brought other people out with him. Now the ark is the, like you said, the ark of like the safety, like Noah and the ark. Right. But we also got to think about the ark of the covenant, which was the presence of the creative God. <laughs> it was literally God's fullness walking with them, and they had to do what? Carry them Carry on it. shoulders. Right, mm -hmm. and that Bob saw Serge, uh, Serge, I messed up his name. That Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. At the conference, at refresh, mm -hmm. when he talked about those Philistine cards on how you can try to duplicate something faster and more efficient, but it mm -hmm. still not be honorable to God. It can mm -hmm. be it because it it literally is a cheap image. Yes, Lord. It's a cheap imitation of the original intent. It's like God was like, I want you to carry my presence on your shoulders so you feel the weight of the responsibility of what it is to walk with me and to carry me and to literally yeah. bear me on your shoulders. But if you put it on a cart, you no longer feel the responsibility. Mm -hmm. you, you might feel the momentum because you're yeah. putting it on the cart but you will never feel the responsibility and really fear and honor the presence of God. So the truth of the matter is, is that while Obadiah built something with momentum, he didn't have the weight of the responsibility that now, because uh, Tony had been through all the trials and tribulation and even his heart had been adjusted because mm -hmm. of all of those things shifting, he had a plan, a purpose, and he had an intel that Obadiah could never get because he'd never walked that road. He never um stopped. He wasn't in captivity for 90 days. Okay. He he wasn't he wasn't paused. Okay. He, he didn't take a pause in order to reflect and reset. Like he mm -hmm. there and, and here's another thing. 
there are certain people that just will not be able to go to the next season with you. Period. There, Abraham, take your wife, your oxen, all of your stuff, and get on out from your father's country, okay? Leave that place and get to a place where I'm going to show you. What does Abraham do? He brings his nephew Lot. And when he brings... Lots. When he brings... Lots. His, he brought Lot. Lot was not a part of the journey. <laughs> Bringing that veil. You had brought this veil that was already torn. So now you had came back into agreement with your Lots. And now they determine the direction in which you're going to go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got unnecessary fighting because now we got this is lot. This belonged to lot. No, this belonged to Abram. And it's like, what? You ain't even supposed to be on this journey. There was no room for lot in the place or for them to both coexist in the same space. It wasn't until um, Abraham said, okay, I want you to pick a place and a direction because whatever direction you go in, I'm going to go the opposite because we're not meant to coexist in the same land together we can't not in this not in this place because I, I my bad i brought you along on the journey i didn't know it was going to be a lot of problems okay and so now we sit in with a whole lot of problems okay and i don't want to to hinder you and i don't want to hinder me so let's go ahead and separate and when he separates, the Lord's like, okay, I want you to, this is what I'm going to do. This is the covenant I want to make. He has to establish a covenant with the person that he originally intended to make the covenant with. Before mm-hmm. the, God was like, just go away, I'm going to show you. He shows him, but he says, I'm not talking to you about a covenant until you get rid of who I told you ain't going to come. And some of us are like, well, Lord, why can't I get, I just need a little bit more about this next season. I just need a lot. And he's like, will you please let go a lot? Can you, can you, for my sake, and for my purpose sake, for for your benefit, can you tell Lot to go in a different direction? It's not that the, Lot has his own lot to deal with. And his lot is inside Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to have to save him in a minute. But for this this part of the journey, this information, what'd you say? Disappointed time. Okay. What I'm talking to you right now about a covenant, this is for your ears and your, your ears only. This is for you and you alone. And so, yeah, being being okay to say, okay, this is my journey. I found out that there's a, a, a lot of a problem in this section, but I'm not so um, naive that I'll try to work around it. Now, I'd rather separate. And it doesn't mean we have to separate on bad blood. We actually, I can actually bless you in the other direction. I can actually, I don't have to talk bad about you. I can just, this, it didn't work. The, the covenant didn't work. And, and God has something different for me. And that's just all. That's it. That's all. Period. Be blessed as you go, as my cousin would say. Okay. Hallelujah. So, yeah. Um, but, Tony ends up having his his technically his, his community help him right to reset his life and to take back um his rights to his own technology right it, it had to be that that pepper was a part of the process it had to be that rose was a part of the process even the the agent from shield that they were trying to ignore and didn't really know <laughs> 
fool he That's was. That's awesome. There. Okay, right. Just, 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 just. He was the whole time trying to have a meeting with them. Just trying to tell them stuff, talk to them a little bit. Yep. But they was doing their own thing. <laughs> but it, they had to let all the pieces come into play, and Tony had to make a decision. And even if it means I'm gonna get hit with this. Now he had to make an accessory moment as a leader and say, okay, I'm going to have to take this hit. And if I take the hit, it's going to annihilate the enemy and it might bruise me, but as long as the enemy is taken care of, I'll take the hit. As long as it stops um, the other people from being hurt, I'll take the hit. Um, I want to talk about that, um, that, that intercessory intelligence. Uh, the, 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 the insight of the the um, intercessor, that person is that's the goal between, right? Um, the watchman, um, the, the person who takes the hit so that God's will can meet the individual that is trying to meet. The person that is the bridge, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever had to <laughs> have you ever had to stand in the middle of the enemy's agenda concerning it may be family it may be um lord jesus why am i going here um <laughs> it may even be um someone that is innocent you know what i mean that doesn't doesn't know that the enemy has a plan or a plot to um overtake their life have you ever had to find yourself in the middle and that yeah. What does that look like? Um, actually, someone came and identified it for me while we were out um, on assignment. Um, was on the phone, got a phone call. It was like, hey, let me talk to your armor bearer. Got on the phone with him. And he's like, you understand your role. And you understand it more than pe- what people actually tell you. So when stuff gets to happening and it seems like it's frustration that's taking place within your family, let that be like a flag or a switch that goes off that something is about to happen. Yeah. Because what would happen was I'll be getting ready to go on assignment or it's time for me to consecrate myself, something that we do faithfully. And it'd be something that transpired and it's like, I got to come out of character. But before he even said that, I had started just like, you know, putting my phone on, do not disturb, like, you know what, I'm going on assignment. I started announcing it. And then when it was highlighted like that, I handled things totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Even like this past weekend, it was like it happened, and I was like, I'm not responding. Yeah. I'm not gonna respond, but I'll stand here and I'll cover our family. I'll make sure like it's something. It seems like it's something so huge, but it's really not, guys. And I'm gonna cover us, and that's gonna be it. And every, a lot of people should thank God that I'm your armor bearer, Makai. And Makai was like, I really do thank the Lord for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely with family, even with her sometimes as well, though. Yeah. So like the things and stuff like that. The thing about family is that sometimes like you want to do so much more, or you feel like you have to do so much more, and and in some some spaces you're like, golly, if I could just take away, if I could just do that, and God be like, if you do it, then you are Jesus the Christ. No, let me be the savior. I need you. To, to I need you to stand in the in the watchman's position. I need you to I need you to pray into my will. The last point 
is is after he takes the hit and everybody is saved technically um and he is not you know we think he his light go out for a little bit but that light come back up to let us know he ain't dead um <laughs> when he goes to they do the next conference or the next press conference shield has provided with him an alibi right so that he yeah. can keep all of this stuff under wraps um it's pretty much you know so he doesn't have to tell everybody that he's iron man but for the first time i feel like in this whole movie Tony Stark decides to stand in the actual truth. He doesn't need an alibi. He doesn't need somebody to create a story for him. Because what he did was good. Right. Because he could be proud of it. Yeah. It, nothing was donated. Nobody had to sign for anything. Not a piece of art. Not No, he had no hidden agenda or motive when doing it. Yeah. And he felt good about it. Yeah. He felt he felt so good that he was about to start to tell this story and you know set up the narrative, and that reporter, Miss Brown, came up again. This was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, cause what you expect us to believe? And he was like, I'm a, you think I'm a superhero? Actually, I am. I am Iron Man. Like it was like, and the introductory um, to him not only um, going against the grain, right, and standing in the truth. But after the credits, when we see his first encounter with Agent Fury, we know why he's, why I think they knew he was going to not stick with the story. I think they knew he was going to announce himself as Iron Man. Like there was a, a inkling that he was going to say, okay, if, if he comes, listen, if he's, if he's willing to share that he's a hero, then I've got an initiative for him. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks for coming on the journey with us. And I hope that you join us next week for some more fun. If you have never listened to Kid Like Faith before, wherever you happen to be listening, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend so that they can come along the journey with us as well. Oh, and please stop and leave a review so that other people know how much fun you had listening to this beautiful podcast. Now, we've got a bunch of movies in this universe to check out, and I can't wait to check them out with you. So until next time, make sure you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!